0: Welcome to the Messages of Cornerstone Anglican Church. In this episode, Padre Andrew unpacks the real meaning of life. Questions, questions, questions. Hmm Seems like people are always asking questions. Children ask lots of questions, don't they? Why is the sky blue? Where do all the pen lids go? Where is my pencil? Chaplain, what does a chaplain do? Young people ask questions as well. Will this pimple be gone by the time I go out on the weekend? Can I have a new iPhone 42? where do all the pen lids go? Chaplain, what does a chaplain do? And then adults have questions as well. What is the meaning of life, we ask ourselves. Where are my car keys? Where do all the pen lids go? And chaplain, what does a chaplain do? Questions, constantly questions in our lives, all different depending on who's asking and who is being asked. But There is one question that every one of us will be required to answer in this life. It's a very simple question. It comes from the greatest thinker the world has seen. It's a question asked in our Gospel reading this morning, of course. Jesus asks the question, but who do you say that I am? Here's our question for today. We could argue that in Jesus' day, there are some who didn't know what Jesus even looked like. The detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees that came to arrest Jesus didn't know who he was or what he looked like, I'd suggest. It was Judas' kiss on the cheek that was the sign. Frequently, Jesus would disappear into the crowd, suggesting that he looked like everyone else of the day. Our world has culturalized Jesus to the point that we now have several versions of him. The very Caucasian images of Jesus in souvenir shops to what would Jesus do t shirts. And while the world can and will portray Jesus as whatever its mind can conceive, the question is not, what do I look like? And he doesn't ask us that. He says, But who do you say that I am? In the days of Jesus, the question was being asked by everyone. Jesus was the hot topic of the day among the Pharisees and the religious establishment. In Luke 5.21, the scribes and the Pharisees begin to ask, who is this man who can forgive sins? In John 8, the crowds are asking, who are you? And in Matthew 21, the entire city asks Who is this man? To these, Jesus gives several answers. He is the Son of Man who must be lifted up. He is the Son of the Heavenly Father. And he told them, He who has seen me has seen the Father. Even the disciples asked themselves who this Jesus was, this man whom even the winds and the waves obey. No matter what Jesus did, the people still did not understand. Not even the disciples fully understood who Jesus was. But then again, even the church of our day, there are many who don't truly understand who Jesus is and was. It's been said by some that to consider the claims of Jesus too closely and for too long is a risky business because there's a danger that our preconceived ideas about him will truly be shaken. But Jesus is more concerned about what we think he is than we are. That's why in verse 13, Jesus asks the disciples, what are people saying about who the Son of Man is? And when it comes to Jesus, everyone had an opinion. They either loved him or hated him. No one could ignore him. And it's the same today. When we're exposed to him, we either hate him or we love him, but we cannot ignore him. And woe to those who remain lukewarm. Revelation 3.16 says, So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. We see the disciples' answers that Jesus has been placed on the highest pedestal. Public opinion was saying that Jesus was one of the greatest nation heroes of the past. John the Baptist, the popular preacher Herod had just recently beheaded, had come to life again. Some said Elijah, returning as prophesied in the book of Malachi, the forerunner of the Messiah. Some said he was Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, but also the prophet who proclaimed judgment and repentance. Jesus was a prophet, but he was more than a prophet. Some admire Jesus' moral teachings, but they ignore his spiritual teachings. They applaud, turn the other cheek, but ignore him when he says, no one comes to the Father except by me. They repeat his command to love one another, but ignore his claim, I and the Father are one. Our world is full of people who tell us we should not concern people's sinful actions because Jesus was compassionate, forgiving, and kind. But the Bible tells us that Jesus was compassionate, kind, and forgiving towards sinners who came to him in repentance, sorrowful over their sinful lifestyles, looking for a new beginning. And when they came with an attitude... Jesus gave them a new beginning. But for those who refused to repent, who insisted on maintaining morally corrupt lifestyles of hypocrisy, oppression, and manipulation, Jesus was brutal in his condemnation. Woe to you, you hypocrites, he said. Serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? Jesus is greater than what popular opinion thinks him to be. You see, it doesn't matter what they think. Jesus wants to reveal himself in your heart and life. So his question still stands, who do you say I am? And understand here when Jesus spoke these words, the emphasis is on the word you. When Peter heard this question for the first time, God opened his spiritual eyes a little bit more than they had been opened before. Suddenly, all the teachings, all the miracles made sense. Speaking for all the disciples, he gave his short and sweet answer. It was complete and to the point. You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. When Jesus' question confronts us, this is the only correct answer. You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. This is the confession of the Christian faith. But it isn't enough to say the words. We must know what they mean. Peter boldly said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the King, the appointed by God to rule. But Peter, like most of the followers of Jesus, thought the Messiah would be a physical earthly king who will throw off the tyranny of Rome and establish the throne of David in Jerusalem again. They never understood until much later that Jesus would be the suffering servant who would be the final perfect sacrifice for the sins of humanity. Look what else Peter says. You are the Son of the Living God. Now in Greek, Peter used the definite article to specify that Jesus was not a Son of God, but he was the Son of the living God, the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. And so the question is asked of you again today. But who do you say that I am? A good man, a teacher, a prophet? But look in verse 17. Jesus tells us that it is only when God opens our spiritual eyes to reveal who Jesus really is, only then can we know he is the Christ the Son of the living God. We can only say that Jesus is truly the Lord of our lives through God's guidance. I thought I'd add a bit of fire and brimstone today. Look out. There is a day coming, a day the Bible describes as the day of God's wrath, the day when heavens and earth melt away under his all-powerful, all-seeing guise. And on that day, I believe, the question will be asked again. But who do you say that Jesus is? On that day, the Bible says, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And what a glorious day for those of us who have repented of our sins and accepted him as Lord and Saviour. Jesus, seated at the right hand of God the Father, says, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. For some, it will be a bitter, tormenting refrain. For those who refused on this earth to bend their knee and bow their heads, for those who refused to confess that Jesus is Lord, for those who refused to believe in their hearts that he died on the cross for their sins, was buried and on the third day rose again, for them there will be the sound of weeping and gnashing of teeth. So he is Lord, they will say, but the realisation will be too late as Jesus pronounces the final judgment. I will have nothing to do with you. Get out of my sight, you evil people, says in Matthew 7. Today you can know him as the Lord and Saviour of your life. And this is the prayer from our baptism service as we make a sign of the cross on the newly baptized person's forehead. And we say together, live as a disciple of Christ. Fight the good fight. Finish the race. Keep the faith. Confess Christ crucified. Proclaim his resurrection. Look for his coming in glory. Amen. If you'd like to hear more great messages, check out our Facebook page or look us up on the net at cornerstone-church.com.au